Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. For the second time in five days, Tua Tungabailoa takes a scary hit, which raises questions about NFL concussion protocols. The Bengals beat the Dolphins on Thursday night to get their second win in a row. Plus, we preview the biggest games of week four with our local experts. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Miami Dolphins 27-15 on Thursday night in Cincy, but what everyone is going to be talking about from this game is the ugly situation with Tua Tungabailoa, a scary situation as his head gets slammed to the ground. He goes into that fencing reaction, a, a telltale sign of head trauma has to be taken to a local hospital. Joining me now from Locked on Dolphins, Kyle Krabs and Kyle There was a lot of discussion on social media and elsewhere, and this is going to be a big topic moving forward, pairing what happened on Thursday night with the situation on Sunday against Buffalo in Miami. So I have to ask you this. How do you, how does what happened on Thursday night affect the way you see how Sunday was handled? Well, you know, I know there's a lot of skepticism about the injury that was suffered on Sunday and the league is, or the NFLPA has requested an investigation. And quite frankly, I think it's very difficult to say anything definitively until there is more information that is gathered from Sunday, because it was claimed that the independent physician that conducted the concussion check on Sunday gave him the all clear. You could see a play on Sunday's game where he did tweak his back. And that was something that they piggybacked off of where later in the game, when that hit happened, that that was presumably what they were explaining the situation was. So I know everybody wants to immediately jump to, but I think this is something that like surface level, it doesn't look good, but I think it, it does deserve the due process of getting all of the information collected because it could be a very unfortunate coincidence too, you know, and, and that NFLPA investigation into the protocols that were put in place that, you know, we're following to a tongue of Aloha on Sunday. We will get clarity on it is standard a couple week process from my understanding. And unfortunately that, you know, if, if there was anything nefarious at play, it happened to be paired with a game that was played four days later after that original incident. Yeah, the timeline does not help anyone in the situation because the investigation is going to take some time. I, there were some questions. Could this have been fast-tracked? But but the turnaround makes this all really difficult to try and figure out in real time. So as we as we sit here now uh, for the Miami Dolphins, does, does what happened change at all the way that you feel about the decisions the team made to play Tua? Because that was another thing out there that was like, how could he have been cleared? How, but But like... From what we said, he was cleared on Sunday, and he was cleared moving forward. So how how could the Dolphins have handled this any differently? I, I don't think that you, you could have. And again, that's based on the information that we have. And I think this is, um, if if more transparency is needed with concussion protocol and the handling of that, maybe that's something that can be discussed and explored. But Based on the information that we have at our disposal, and we had at our disposal on Sunday, like 
I don't know what other conclusion you could have reasonably come to other than, hey, that looked pretty scary. I don't know that I would necessarily agree that that was a back injury based on the visuals from afar and not conducting any actual examination of Tua Tungvalu ourselves. And that that opinion exists plenty on social media, and I get it because optically it does not look good. But it's it's one of those things, the information that that's at our disposal, I – you know, I didn't come into this game saying, oh, geez, I can't believe Tua Tungabaloa is playing quarterback tonight for the Miami Dolphins against the Cincinnati Bengals because of what information that we had on Sunday and how that, that game was handled and that situation was handled. Yeah, I struggle with it because I am at, at once the guy that says, please do not pay attention to Twitter doctors and we should not be diagnosing these players from afar. But then, you know, you watched it just like I did on, on Sunday, certainly, and then on Thursday night, and you went, that looks really bad. And, and, you know, I, we just don't have the information and that's why it's hard to make these sort of declarations about this person did this thing and X, Y, and Z. Stay up to date all year on the Miami Dolphins by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Dolphins podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, are the Bengals back after beating the hottest team in the AFC? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. Sunday begins in London with the Vikings and the Saints. Bet Online likes the Vikes as two and a half point favorites. A massive AFC showdown in Baltimore follows as the Ravens host the Bills. Baltimore, three point home dogs, according to Bet Online. And Sunday ends with a beautiful matchup between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Bet Online has this game as a pick 'em. Bet Online. Where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Devastation. That's what some communities, particularly in Southwest Florida, face in the wake of Hurricane Ian. Our thoughts go out to those affected by the storms, which are now headed toward the southeastern coast of the United States. There will be some normalcy on Sunday as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face the Kansas City Chiefs as scheduled in Tampa. The Glazer family, who owned the Buccaneers, pledged a million dollars to relief fund efforts. Tom Brady pledged his support as well. You can donate to relief efforts online, send a check, or text DISASTER to 20222 to make a $10 donation. The New York Mets are calling in reinforcements for their National League East showdown with the Atlanta Braves starting tonight. 20-year-old Francisco Alvarez will join the team as they look to make a playoff run and solidify playoff positioning against the rival Braves. The young catcher is one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball. New York enters this pivotal series with a one-game lead over the Braves in the division. It was a blockbuster trade. Okay, it's not. But an eight-player deal between the Oklahoma City Thunder and Houston Rockets will send Derek Favors and Mo Harkless, along with two other players, to the Rockets for David Nwaba, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, and Marquise Chris. The deal drops the Thunder about $10 million under the luxury tax. And that's pretty much the only thing notable about this trade, other than it's got a lot of players in it. Some sad news out of Southern California. Former Dallas Cowboys tight end Gavin Escobar reportedly died in a rock climbing accident. The 31-year-old was found with another climber in San Bernardino National Forest. Earlier this year, Escobar became a firefighter in Long Beach. He survived by his wife and two children. Kevin Durant is putting his money where his mouth is. 
KD is among a group of investors to put $30 million into women's sports as part of Athletes Unlimited. Athletes Unlimited is a network of sports leagues, including softball, volleyball, lacrosse, and basketball, in which there are no coaches, and athletes make decisions about everything from what happens in a game to who runs the league. KD's investment group was also a part of a May 2021 round of funding for Just Women's Sports, a media company dedicated to covering, you guessed it, women's sports. Here is another story you need to know. The story coming out of Thursday Night Football will undoubtedly be Tua Tungavailoa, but the Cincinnati Bengals won that game in what is a momentous win for them early in the season after starting out pretty sluggish. This is a win against a team that has looked like one of the better teams in the AFC. Joining me now from Locked On Bengals, Jake Lisko and Jake, um, Joe Burrow and company didn't exactly light the world on fire after going to the Super Bowl last season, but they're now two wins in a row here. What have they been able to manufacture? What have they been able to find the last two weeks that they weren't in the first two weeks? Yeah, first and foremost, just want to extend well wishes to Tua. Like you said, that is probably the big story here, but without getting too far into that as I'm not the qualified expert in such matters. We can talk about the game. Absolutely. I think the big difference for the Bengals in the last two weeks are taking care of the ball. They're winning the turnover battle and those swing plays are going in their direction. You go back to week one against the Steelers, a game that they all but won after their long snapper gets hurt. They miss an extra point. They, they do that despite turning the ball over five times. The last two games, the Bengals heavily in the plus in the turnover battle. And that is a big deal. I think the Bengals have questions to answer. I think that they could very easily be better than two and two at this point, just like the Dolphins could easily be worse than three and one. Those are the razor thin margins of the NFL. But the big difference is they're taking care of the football a little bit better. And in the last two weeks, they found some semblance of that explosive offense from last year. But the consistency for the offense is the worrisome part for Bengals fans. The running game not getting going. The investment in some of these offensive linemen taking some time to come together would be the optimistic viewpoint at this point. And that could very well be the case. If you listen to former NFL linemen and coaches, they would say sometimes this sort of thing just takes a little bit of time. But Mm -hmm. the offense has some room for improvement. And lately it's been the defense putting the team in position to win games. I think if if you bought into the Miami Dolphins hype, coming into this game, you look at this as a huge win for Cincinnati. I I didn't frankly think these teams were all that different coming in. You mentioned the razor thin margins. So how differently do you view both of these teams coming out of Thursday night versus when they were coming into this game? I think the Dolphins will have questions to answer. This is two weeks in a row now where their offense has been relatively held in check despite the speed they have. Do they have quarterbacks that can take advantage of that speed at all times? Looks like Teddy Bridgewater might be able to do that a little bit better than Tua in the limited sample we saw tonight. Obviously, you can extrapolate from that whatever you want. It's a limited sample. But they they have weapons. I think they have questions of the quarterback position that have shown up in, in recent games, even though they got the win against Buffalo and we're in a really close game against the Bengals on Thursday. But for the Bengals, we talked last week on Thursday night football in week four as well. Last week on Thursday night football in week four, also the Bengals ring of honor night. I was a little bit of horse that night because I was in Cincinnati for that game. And after that game, I said, I need to see a complete game from this team. We talked a few weeks later, I think when they finally got around to playing that complete game, 
and I, I felt better about their prospects long term. I think the offense is still absolutely finding its footing. I still do need to see a more consistent game from this team. I think it was last year. It was after that Ravens blowout that we talked, and I, I was feeling a lot better about the Bengals' chances at that point. And yep. well, after this mini buy, the Bengals get the Ravens next week in prime time again. So maybe we'll be talking and we'll be having the same sorts of conversations. It's funny how that all works. Thanks, Jake. Stay up to date all year on the Cincinnati Bengals by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Bengals podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, we take a look at some big games on this week's NFL Slate. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today, and they're adding new features all the time, including their over-under game integrated right into your fantasy interface. It's the first game built right into the fantasy experience. So it's super simple. In any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or the under. So rushing yards, for example. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. You're not going to get those payouts anywhere else. Plus, because it's built into the Sleeper app, you already have the group chat function so you can talk your smack, you can have some fun, and you can do it all as a community. That's what Sleeper is all about. And you can join our community. We have a listener group at sleeper.com slash locked on today. And if you go to sleeper.com slash locked on today, Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash locked on today and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. The Baltimore Ravens have a tall task on their hands. And no, I'm not talking about Josh Allen, though he is very tall. They're trying to beat the Buffalo Bills. Kevin Ostriker from Locked On Ravens has some thoughts on how they might do it. The Baltimore Ravens must be able to limit Josh Allen as well as establish an identity on defense if they want to beat Josh Allen and those Buffalo Bills in week four. I'm Kevin Ostriker, the host of Locked On Ravens. And it's easier said than done to limit Josh Allen, that explosive Buffalo offense that has playmakers like Stephon Diggs and more. But on defense, Baltimore is currently 30th in net yards per attempt given up through the air. They're 26th in yards per attempt allowed on the ground. They have to establish some sort of identity and make sure that they can both stop Buffalo on the ground and through the error, at least limit one of those areas for Buffalo throughout the entirety of the game. On offense, the Ravens should prioritize the deep passing game if they can let things develop down the field against a very beat-up Buffalo secondary that it's unknown who will be available and who will not be for that team. And if the Bills are bringing the blitz, the Ravens have the short passing game option for them, whether it does involve Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Mark Andrews, and more. They have the weapons on their offensive side of the ball to make this one a shootout. And I think it will be a very high scoring affair for both sides. Again, that I think has the potential to most definitely be the game of the week. For more on this Baltimore Ravens team and their week four matchup with the Buffalo Bills, be sure to follow the Locked on Ravens podcast and subscribe on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars have a winning record and not just a winning record. They look good. For their reward, they get to face the hottest team in the NFC, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles. Tony Wiggins from Locked on Jags has his thoughts on how they can cool down the birds. The Jaguars need to put the hurt on Jalen. I'm Tony Wiggins with Locked on Jaguars. 
with the Jacksonville Jaguars keys to victory. Jalen Hurts needs to feel the pressure, but he doesn't need to be given an alley to get away. The Jaguars have to put pressure on him with their front four out of their base or their nickel, but those pass rushers have to be cognizant to not allow him a way out. They have to play a little bit of gap and hold, keep gap responsibility, and force Jalen Hurts to throw in a hurry from the pocket. They'll have a hard time covering those wide receivers if they can't contain him and have to keep extra people in to watch him and make sure that he does not get away. For more Jacksonville Jaguars coverage, check me out on the Locked On Jaguars podcast every single day where it's your team every day. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a lot more than football on their mind, but they still do have to face Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. David Harrison from Locked On Bucks puts their winning formula together. Will the real Bucks offense please show up? I'm David Harrison of the Locked On Bucks podcast. That's what the team, that's what the fans, and certainly everybody who will be in attendance or watching Sunday Night Football when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the Kansas City Chiefs, wherever that might be, uh, are, are asking, will the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense finally show up? Each week, while the Buccaneers are 2-1, and one, the offense has found a new and more inventive way to try and defeat itself. Week one at Dallas, Tom Brady threw completed 18 of his 24 pass attempts for 212 yards, a touchdown and interception, but the offense just could not crack the end zone for the most part, keeping that game much closer than it needed to be. In week two in New Orleans, Tom Brady, not accurate. 18 of 34 and passing only 190 yards, did throw a touchdown, but a 79.3 QBR and a lost fumble in a win over the New Orleans Saints. And then week three versus the Green Bay Packers, a much better Brady, 31 for 42, 271 yards. Finally, a QBR over 95, coming in 98.4. But fumbles lost by wide receivers, Prashad Perryman and Russell Gage, and three sacks of Tom Brady from the Green Bay Packers. Not only kept that game closer than needed to be, but resulted in the Buccaneers' first loss of the season. Will the Buccaneers' offense finally get it together against Kansas City Chiefs this weekend? If they do, they come away with a win. For more on this game and everything, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, follow James Jarko and myself on the Locked on Bucks podcast five days a week, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And finally, there was no big fight over Aaron Judge's record-tying 61st home run ball. There was a fan who had a chance to make the catch, but he biffed it. And that fan's loss was the gain of one very special lady. Aaron Judge's mom. Judge said of his mom, she's been with me through it all, that's for sure. From the Little League days, from getting me ready for school, taking me to my first couple practices and games, being there, my first professional game, being there at my debut, and now getting the chance to be here for this. This is something special. Is it? Is it getting dusty in here or is it just me? Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on Monday, who comes out of week four, the big winner in the NFL. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.